And tell us when we're recording then. We're recording. Okay. All right. How does this baby open? Is it not automatic? Let's just get a bit, a bit closer. Okay, step one, getting out Exit of the car Monta parking lot. All right. We're on the road, baby. Here we go. All right, so we do an introduction yeah. in between charges. I'm Mike Hawks. And I'm Kevin Spangenberg. Yeah. So today we've decided to take the car out and take a little bit of a different approach to the episode. I was trying to think of a good line, right? It sounds a bit cheesy if we're in between charges, mm. going to actually talk in between actual charges. But that's exactly what's going on. We are literally in between charges right now. Mm. Sometimes it's more figurative. Yeah. We've got Rocio and Robin joining us in the back. Say hi, team. We're, full, we're hi. full carpool, actually. The reason we wanted to get in the car today and do something a little bit different is because we've got this campaign going on led by Rocio and our wonderful brand team called Are We There Yet? Are we there yet in terms of the world of EV charging that Monta envisions and that we think is necessary for an electrified world of transportation? Because... You know, frankly, many places are not there yet, but what we're doing at Monta, what we're trying to do is play our role in bringing that world into being. So what does that world look like? What does yeah. there yet mean? Exactly. You, exactly. And I think I kind of understand it in the context of we're trying to work out a way to get individuals and drivers, not just thinking about electrification in transport, but also how it can affect their daily lives at home, at work. A lot of it centered around the car. But, you know, the technology is here. And I think for a lot of people, it's a big step change in their mindset to be able to take that on. And I think also engage with the renewable energy world, with climate change, you know, in a different and a kind of proactive way. Yeah. And I kind of understand it and, you know, relate to, we're thinking about, are we there? There's a lot of things that companies and software platforms like Monta can provide in more advanced markets where electrification is much more prominent that can also then be placed in countries that are perhaps now catching up. You know, a lot of Eastern European countries are starting to get to 5%, 6% sales share. And as we know, that's when we start to really see an uptick, basically, in adoption of, of, of EVs. And so we kind of wanted to take a different angle today and really experience and also share with our listeners what that actually looks and feels like in Copenhagen. And it's not perfect. Mm -hmm. Performance is still a challenge across different charge points and different charging networks. So mm -hmm. we'll try out a few different ones in a mm -hmm. few different locations. We're also quite lucky. It's a beautiful sunny day. The roads are clear and it's cold. We're by the beautiful Copenhagen lakes. It is actually quite a nice day. That So in Copenhagen, it is very <laughs> stressful to drive. Just a quick aside. I grew up in America where I've driven a lot, as any good American has done. And I have never experienced the amount of stress driving as I have in Copenhagen mm. there in the Danish context where it is not Norway, but Scandinavia is so far ahead of so many other countries when it comes to electric vehicle adoption. Last year, almost one in two new vehicles purchased in Denmark had a plug or electric. And these types of solutions that, you know, other countries and other people sometimes are like, oh, there's how are you going to do this? How are you going to do that? Where are you going to charge it? What about this problem, this problem? And a lot of it has been solved, actually, in Copenhagen. And it's not perfect, like you said, Mike, but it's a lot further along because it has to be. And there are 
real business opportunities here. And it's like, if you install a charger in a certain scenario in a certain location, like a few that we're going to explore today, it will get used. In Copenhagen, maybe specifically, right? In some of the other cities, there are a good volume of charge points. But when you go rural, there's still a big gap. So I think there's a big part of the question, which is in terms of the technology and capability, yes, we're there, but there is still a long way to go for it to actually be the chosen, the default choice. If you're going to ask 10 people in a room, would you drive around? Would you rent an EV? It's probably not nine out of 10, 10 out of 10. No, but right now it is five out of 10 are saying, you know what? This is good enough. I have a solution to charge this. We know that charging anxiety and range anxiety is frequently listed. Everybody's like, where am I going to charge it? Well, in Copenhagen, those questions are answered a lot of the time uh, in in a way that is satisfactory. And I think also for an individual to make the choice to purchase an EV, the decision and the opportunity is much more than just charging and range anxiety, Mm -hmm. if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. The whole price of an electric car still is very high. It's going to take a lot of time for that actually to come down. There's a lot of challenges that are happening now with supply chain. And so there's a lot of change that needs to happen with battery innovation, use of lithium-ion core materials, everything else to actually make it kind of critical in there. But in Denmark, we're also very fortunate Mm. In that the way that the grid is set up, mm. there's now an opportunity for people who own an electric car to actually earn revenue on the battery yeah. and use it actually as a, as a little incentive and a little kind of battery source. Yeah. Like you mentioned, there's a lot more opportunities that are opened up with electric vehicles yeah. that I don't think a ton of people know about, and that's not their fault. So in this episode, recorded live from the beautiful city of Copenhagen, mm. We're going to be taking you on a tour of uh, three different charging stations. We're going to share and have a conversation a little bit about some of the main topics related to charging. So what is the actual state of public charging? How does that actually work and operate here? Mm -hmm. What about roaming networks? You know, how accessible do we believe they are? A little bit of charging at work, why we think this is a huge opportunity now. Yes, for Denmark, but also just makes complete sense for everyday EV drivers. And then perhaps just some other things, changes in lifestyle, experiences with driving the car around. So just general day-to-day habits that might help and change people's point of view. Well, I hope we don't get iced at the airport. <laughs> oh, yes. You know? So I guess you are using a great term that means if a combustion engine vehicle has parked in your charging station car park yeah. and has chosen to yeah. move that, I quite like that. It's quite good. So we'll get back to you at the first site. Stay with us. People like DC fast charging because, well, it says it in the name. It's easy to grasp. Yeah, exactly. You get there, really low amount of time to charge, usually a bit more expensive. And also, as we talked about on a previous episode, it's really also where charge point operators and businesses can make a decent wedge of revenue. You know, you can earn the same amount of revenue and margin on a DC charger at 15% utilization than you can at an AC charger at 100% utilization. Mm-hmm. But I think also there's a big stopping point for people where DC fast charging is the only way to go. And I think you know, if you talk about the future of charging, I feel like the future of charging is you can charge in any use case, in any scenario, there is a network and electricity is available and it's at a fair price to meet your needs at that time. Yeah. Not everybody needs to go on a 120-kilometer road trip every single day. But when you do, yeah, of course, you're going to default to the fast charging stations yeah. or if you're in a hurry somewhere. But, you know, if you're traveling to and from work, going to see the grandparents, this kind of stuff, you're probably not going to need to go down that route. 
But it sucks up a lot of oxygen in the charging conversation because it's the closest analog to our current way of fueling mm. vehicles, right? So everyone just, it's like you go to the gas station, you fill up in three to five minutes, and then you get on your way. So people, I think, sometimes lack a little bit of imagination when it comes to what charging in the future could look like. But, and you're right, you know, there are th- going to be thousands and thousands of, of DC fast chargers, but just not nearly on the level of the level two AC chargers. But where we're going makes a lot of sense. We are going to the Copenhagen airport. We're going to visit a Monta customer, Evie, built this bright site with 16 fast chargers. I think it's probably largely used by taxi drivers, I would imagine, that come out. A lot of the taxi companies are electrifying their fleet here in Copenhagen. And so um, you drive out here, you drop off a customer, you need a a quick charge, you go in there for 10, 20, 25 minutes. It doesn't take that long on the fast Alpatronic chargers. But I think that's it. You're absolutely right. It's matching the site and the type of charging to the specific use case. Now, are many everyday EV drivers going to be charging out here? Probably not. Probably not. They're going to be charging in different use cases that we will get to very short. And I guess you can fool around the roundabout. It's right over there. Oh, Look, it's that. completely empty. See how it's listed up there on the sign? Beautiful. The price of a kilowatt hour? Three fifty per kilowatt hour. That's three Danish kroner. Oh, that? yeah. We're going to come in and... Oh, this is beautiful. Conversion to euros. What's that? That's like yeah, 30, 30 cents. Maybe less. That's, That's very cheap. Oh, right. We're get. not getting iced. Thank goodness. Beautiful circle with, you say, 16? 16. Brand new charging stations. Two cables... Per station? Eight station, two Eight cables per. Two cables per station. Oh. What's the power of the charges? 150? 360 kilowatts each charge each charging point. And choose, take your pick, Kev. Sit wherever. Pick. Yeah, wherever we want to go. Nice. Um, where, and then I would say kind of the next ones. aqua color chargers. These are nice. Just park across. Let <laughs> <laughs> me just take up all 16 if I can. Well, let's go in the sunshine, though. We want to make sure. I think also something to notice, you know, every charger has a screen. And then also what they've done around the site is add in both advertising screens, but also one of those where you can see the status of your flight and airports and whether mm-hmm. things have been canceled and delayed. So there's also a lot of other opportunity for Evie here to be able to set up advertising space mm-hmm. and also maybe get a bit of revenue as well from the airport to be able to share that information to you. There we go. All right. All right. Let's uh, charge up here for a few minutes. All right. Does this work? Let's hope this works. Go to payment. Yeah, it's 350 per. God, it's such a beast. Got to be careful not to charge it too much. Okay. Nice, the, the whir of the fast charger going. Okay, so yeah, so we just signed up at the, the brand new chargers, 360 kilowatts, and we were talking about, I wonder what the use cases and as we're here we also have a fellow Vigo taxi driver who's just turned up also to charge his car and we have a little Monta QR stickers so this is so you can access app clips direct payment you don't need to enter any personal details it just connects straight to your uh, Apple Pay Google Pay or credit card and yeah we just we scanned opened the app took the cable out plugged it in said start charging and that was it I mean it took about five seconds to plug it in pretty smooth pretty smooth experience I think I really like the phrase you said earlier about how DC charging takes up a lot of oxygen in the media space. I think that's true. I think also something else that takes up a lot of space is just generally overcomplicating something that is actually very simple. Yeah. And I think this overarching perception, basically, that it's super challenging and super difficult to do, it's just not, it's 
not true. I think if I was to be asked what's one of my kind of myths, basically, yeah. it's that this is a massive hurdle for people to get over and a huge lifestyle change. I think it's actually very accessible. We added 5% in, you know, six minutes yeah. and I dropped in two degrees body temperature. Yeah. It's sunny out, but it is cold. Five minutes, 56, actually. So right. that was pretty darn smooth, that charging experience. When you go to places like that, are we there yet? Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. One for one. A beautiful charging location, a great partner of ours here in Denmark. So everything worked nice and smooth with the Monta app and payment and everything. Got high quality chargers. That was, gosh, that was simple, right? And just across from the Evy charging station, there was another gas station with four more charging points. Mm. And a McDonald's there too. So while you take 25 minutes, you can go in and get some nuggets. Uh, (laughs) 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 All right, I'm going to try and find a station. We're going to dial it back. We're going to take it easy with a little something called on-street charging. Yeah. And this charging scenario is really important for people that do not have their own parking. Or maybe they have a garage that is not outfitted with chargers. Their landlord won't put chargers in their parking lot, such as mine. You then need somewhere to charge on the street. And Copenhagen is full of these. Like, really, there are so many, uh, I swear... Every other week when I'm biking home, I see a few new uh, stands pop up. This is not DC charging. This is AC charging, usually about 22 kilowatt hours. It's a bit slower because people are parking there and leaving it there for a few hours at a time. There's these pretty big, pretty large networks around Copenhagen. And we are going to use a little something called roaming. So we're not going to use the Eon app. Thanks to our roaming offering and our interoperability, this should be pretty darn simple as well. So this, this charging station was pretty easy to find. Usually they're in these small suburban or kind of yeah. city type areas. So you do have to look for them a little bit, but yeah. there's a sign calling them out. It's pretty clear. Yeah. It's nice. All right. Let's do it. All right. So now we are roaming. Now we're roaming. We are on the Eon network and we're out in the suburbs of Copenhagen here a little bit. Uh, in between the airport and, Co- and and Copenhagen city center. And I think, um, you know, it, it, Copenhagen is a pretty densely populated city and not everybody has their own driveway. So this is kind of fills a key gap that uh, people, right? This on street charging throughout, but you can still buy an EV knowing that you can charge right out here. Definitely. I think it's also a case, you know, we've talked a lot about housing apartments, condominiums, a big discussion about who actually pays for that charge point. Yeah. You rent an apartment, maybe you've purchased an apartment, yeah. but you think you're going to be there for five to ten years, and then you spent, you know, sometimes thousands of euros trying to get a you know a charging pole in the ground. Who should actually pay for that? And this is part of the answer. And so we just fired up the Monta app. Yeah, it's going. Uh, no problem, really. You just plugged it in, um, started the charge. So then the Monta's app will speak to the Eon Drive one. Um, 
and activate the charge. Yeah. Pain again, thanks to Marta. One of the differences, so um, we're doing it through the, the roaming network. Um, and of course, you have an estimated price. There's a holding price that you put onto the individual charger. Um, there's no delay, so whatever kilowatts are being passed from the charge point to the vehicle get passed straight to the application already. So I can already see that it's 0.4 kilowatts. Obviously, a lot slower in comparison to the DC charging that's gone. But mm -hmm. I would say same amount of time to plug in, start the charge, actually get things going. You know what, Kevin? I'm all about driving around, finding public charging stations. And you know, I think 50 Cent said it the best. You either get charged or you drive trying. <laughs> Done? Ready? Yep, charge complete. Oh. Maybe you got a, have you got the key? Oh, it's a, yeah, you're right. It's a, cheers. Oh, I do have it right here. So it's, you just unlock. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Didn't get a lot of juice from that one. You're from the UK. Yep. How many UK drivers do you think do not have dedicated off street parking? I've not been to the UK recently, but um, if I was to guess, it would be you know pretty, a pretty a pretty sizable chunk. I don't know what's the just over a quarter. Wow, which is actually not incredibly high. But in the US, about forty five percent, it's estimated, American drivers do not have dedicated off street parking, such as a garage or their own driveway and everything. And when that is the case. You need solutions like uh, the Eon Drive network here, this off-street parking, because if we want as many people as possible to be able to purchase an EV with no concerns as to where they're going to charge, you need this type of charging because there is this use case. We're out in the suburbs, but in big cities like Copenhagen, not everybody has a driveway and a parking space. So you need this type of thing. This fills a crucial gap uh, and it gives these people and these, these lovely people that live in this apartment right here Guess what? If they're thinking of buying a car this year, they can be like, where am I going to charge? Oh, right out front. Yep. The reason why on-street parking is needed and why we're talking about different types of use cases, you know, the average time it takes to get a permitting in countries like Spain, when they're trying to set up charging stations, mm -hmm. uh, in every country, actually, you need to have the correct amount of amperage, the correct amount of power basically supplied to that site. Yeah. And a lot of the parking sites are new locations. Mm. On average, in Spain, it takes about three years for that permit to come through from the local energy company or from the distribution system. Over. Three years. And that's why we need yeah. a mix of both fast charging and also slow charging yeah. so that we can actually get charge points on the road to meet people's needs yeah. now. And we also want to be clear, we're not sitting in some brand spanking new yeah. building parking lot here. Yeah. This, is a this is a normal parking place. Maybe it looks like there's a little office building behind right. that the parking spaces were used for. These buildings were not built recently. Yeah. <laughs> and they have it, right? And so, yes, for new builds, I think there are a lot of regulations that are requiring new builds, but in some places it's taking too long, like in Spain. But it is also the retrofitting of yes. older places, like the place we're in right now, that, that needs to have chargers. So we're talking about innovative ways to roll out charging. Mm -hmm. BT is going to transform 60,000 of its green oh, yeah. units into charging stations. They were like previously telephone poles? Exactly. Or they were or previously uh, basically cabled into the wires underneath for telecommunications. Now, a lot of them are not used. And rather than renovate them, attach them to new fiber, they're going to actually renovate them to charging stations. Wow. That's a cool way to get over the permitting process.
those, those Brits are innovative. Those Brits are innovative. We uh, might have a third of people who don't have access to, you know, <laughs> off-street parking, but those, those uh, 60,000 sides are going to help a lot. We're driving around in Copenhagen a little bit, and I think one of the important things to keep in mind is these solutions and this future we talk about in both an urban context and a rural context. And oftentimes people think rural charging, oh my gosh, big distances in between towns and everything. How are we going to solve that? But, you know, out in these rural settings, people are likely more likely to have single unit homes and be able to charge at home. So I think that's actually kind of less of a challenge sometimes to solve for than the urban charging setup, right? There's no one size fits all in this future that we're talking about is going to look different in the city in the densely packed cities versus rural you know, uh, settings, right? I mean, what do you think, Mike? I believe there's always a case for getting a mixture of charging powers and in different charging cases to be able to serve the complete range of individual drivers' needs. Right. So and you're I kind think, of saying then the level of investment that's needed yeah. in rural areas is really kind of privatized. It's not actually focused on yeah. public charging operators who need to set up and run their business. Yeah. I guess that makes sense, right? Population density, how much traffic do you actually have or predict to be able to come through to your charge point? That makes complete yeah. sense. At the end of the day, these are companies that you know need to generate a return. So after that last site, we're driving on the way back to our office where we're going to get down into the workplace charging use case. Got four minutes to go. You know, are we there yet in Denmark? We're a lot of the way there. I think that's fantastic. And, you know, there's a seat at the table for countries like Denmark and Norway to be able to try to shape what regulation is needed for governments, municipalities, and also private individuals and yeah. private companies to be able to also get to that stage where the infrastructure is ready and it's available. And I feel like whilst in Denmark, we might be there and we've had the luxury of being able to build a platform out of a maturing industry. Yeah. What I'd love for us to do and what we are doing is bringing those learnings to markets where they're about to take that step yeah. and they're about to kind of step on that curve and we can help them or support businesses really get there and make this something that is actually attractive for their drivers, gives them a good bottom line, and then also something that sustains yeah. into the future. Yeah, and you want to find the right balance. You don't want to come into a place and talk to companies and say, ah, this is the way to do no, it, no, this no. is great. But every but market's different. Every market's going to be a little right? different, but you know, there are going to be similarities and parallels between markets too. So we are pulling back into the Monta parking lot for our final charging use case, and that is workplace charging. <laughs> and we have 10 chargers in the Monta parking lot in the Oosterbol. Um, my Danish classes are really paying off. And um, they're pretty frequently yep. used, yeah, I would say. About half it's, of them are probably uh, occupied every day. Exactly. Sometimes full. It's used often by... Employees who are driving into the car park, but also it's home to our charge point integrations lab where we run testing. <coughs> you have arrived, Monta. Good to be home. Oh, our home base, Monta Car Park. On time. Just seen our roaming team head out for a spot of lunch. Did you know, Mike? Across Europe. Yes, I did actually. <laughs> I've got a couple of facts for you, Mike. Across Europe, 60% of new cars are registered through corporations. 
aka company cars. And in Europe, 70% of EV charging occurs at home or at work. I actually thought that was higher. I didn't know. Yeah, I thought that would be higher. But it's the average drive. And this provides charging solutions. I'm just reading something I copied over. For residents living in apartment buildings, which represents 46% of EU inhabitants. So almost half live in apartment buildings. And they need to charge either at home or at work. And so when they drive in, onto employees. Now, these are not company cars, but we provide charging at a discounted rate for employees that want to drive in and charge their car here. Yep. And then if six out of 10 cars over here are company cars, clearly, as they're electrifying their fleets, they're going to need solutions that work both charging here and charging at home. No. Nice. That's why workplace charging is so important. Workplace charging is important just to complete that circle. Thank you. Right? Companies want to provide benefits to their employees. They want to provide incentives. It's not necessarily about making a revenue or a margin on the electricity that's sold or that service. It's about actually being able to create a accessible journey and lifestyle that means people want to come to and from the office, but they also have the flexibility to charge you know, where they need. I think we're seeing a lot of that in Denmark and also an emergence in, in other countries. Uh-huh. So we're plugged in here at the Monta office, and I think that does it for our exploration of the future. That does it. Our podcast of literal in-between charges, where we got some field experience, three different use cases, driving around. So hopefully... Are we there yet, Mike? I think we're there. Thanks for listening to In Between Charges. Check us out on the socials, of course. LinkedIn, Instagram, Spotify, everything. Give us a rating, five stars. And we just raised a lot of money. We're excited about that. And we're excited to continue working on making this podcast excellent and making the charging experience excellent, not just here in Denmark and Copenhagen, but throughout Europe and maybe some new geographies beyond.